He looks determined without being ruthless. Something heroic in his manner. There's a courage about him. Doesn't look like a killer. Comes across so calm. Acts like he has a dream. Full of passion. You don't trust me, huh? Well, you know why. I do. We're not supposed to trust anyone in our profession anyway. Hello everyone and welcome back to Asian Cinema Fusion. I am your host, Paul Martinez, and we are here again talking New York Asian Film Festival. Uh, once again, we are in the 17th annual New York Asian Film Festival. Uh, Savage 17, as they dubbed it. And uh, five more great films to go over. As I said, I saw about 25 or so, maybe a couple more than that. And uh, we're going to go through all of them and then... Uh, the ones I saw, and then a couple that maybe I didn't see, which I saw after the festival. So we're going to have a lot of content coming up in the next few weeks. Uh, so, you know, just keep staying tuned. Uh, and, you know, we're going to try to give you all the information we can about some great films. But uh, let's start this show off with uh, the first film, which is Paradox, which is also known as SPL3. As of course, as you guys know, uh, we revealed SPL1 and 2 here. SPL-1, of course, also known to some in uh, the States as Killzone. Uh, but uh, this is SPL-3, but they've kind of just gotten away from the name SPL. And uh, it looks like they're just trying to, you know, make these standalones. This one is called Paradox. This is 2017, a co-production of Hong Kong and China. And this is directed by Wilson Yip, who directed the first SPL. Um, also uh, directed the Ip Man films. Flashpoint, which we uh, reviewed on this podcast. Bullets Over Summer, one of my favorite films, which we also reviewed on this podcast. So uh, I'm a big Wilson Yip fan, and Wilson Yip's definitely a director. He might be the most popular director of films that we've reviewed here, as far as you know how many films. We've reviewed a lot of Wilson Yip films. And it's starring Louis Koo, who plays Lee Chung-Chi, uh, Louis Koo. Another one of my favorite actors. Uh, he's been in Drug War. He was uh, in the Troublesome Night series, uh, the Overheard Trilogy, so he, and so much more. Uh, also starring Gordon Lamb, who played Rin Asano. He was in uh, Election One and Two, Cold War, Trevisa, which we reviewed on here, uh, the first Ip Man. Who else we have? We have Wu Yu, who plays Street Kit. You might remember him from Police Story 2013, Cold War II, both films we reviewed on here, and The Brink, film that we will review in the not-too-distant future. And the great Tony Ja, who plays Top. Of course, Tony Ja, um, you know, the Ambach trilogy. Tom Young-Goon, which maybe some of you know better as The Protector. He was also in uh, Triple X, uh, Return of Xander Cage. Uh, he was in SPL 2. He was in uh, the Fast and Furious, the seventh one. I think they call that Furious 7. He was in that. So, I mean, Tony Ja, huge star, one of the biggest martial arts stars in the world today. And our tagline for this film is, sometimes lawlessness is righteous. So, what we have here is a Hong Kong inspector's daughter goes missing in Thailand. 
and he sets about finding her no matter the cost. Now, that may sound a bit like the movie Taken, and it should. It's just very similar film and that a father was, will, you know, basically scorch earth to find his missing girl. And we don't get that famous, very special set of skill speech. What we do get is non-stop powerhouse action. Uh, director Wilson here, but I said, returned to basically save the SPL brand after that horrendous SPL 2. And he did. Um, it is so obvious watching this to see that Wilson is really one of the greatest action filmmakers of our time. The action is blinding, brutal, yet exquisite. And while that's happening, he makes you feel for these characters. I mean, you want Lewis Cool to find his daughter. You feel his angst. You want the baddies to get theirs in the worst way. You feel for characters who don't make it through the end. And you feel heartbroken that they don't. Uh, as for the acting, Lewis Cool is just fantastic in this. Uh, you know, as I said earlier, I've been a fan of his for many years. And, you know, I'll admit, he's had a few performances over time that maybe didn't feel like they were anything special. Uh, he has enough like the one here that he really makes my list of must-see actors. And, you know, Gordon Lamb, who plays the political manipulator in this film, who will do any evil deed to see his candidate win, is excellent in an understated role, which is something I always feel he excels at. And Tony Ja, you know, he's never been in my eyes, a great actor, per se. But I really enjoyed him and his character here. In fact, I felt everyone was really very good in this film. But let's talk about the action, because this was the backbone of the film, and it was made of steel. Uh, no surprise to see Tony Jaa kick all kinds of ass. But Wu Yu was outstanding as well. And, you know, let's throw in some Ken Lo, a Drunken Master 2 fame was in here. And... Whoever was doing the stunt work for Lewis Ku's character was fantastic. Although these battles were amazing, they were bringing cheers from the crowd at Lincoln Center. That's outstanding martial art action. You know, sometimes I feel you know Hong Kong and Korea and Japan. All these films have you know they've come a long way from the days of just making these martial art epics. But that still is kind of the backbone of what they're known for, and it's nice to see something harken back to that. You know, after my review of SPL two, I was a little hesitant about this uh, going in, you know. Whether they use the SPO name or not, this franchise is back. Well, at least as long as Wilson Yip is involved. As I said, uh, very interesting story. There's, there's times you're going to laugh, there's times you're going to tear up, and there's times you're just going to be exhilarated with uh, the great action. This has really got it all. This is a fantastic film. There's so much uh, going on, so many layers, but basically at its core, this is just about a father trying to find his daughter, take revenge on the people who took her. I mean, you know, that's basically, again, not like Taken, and that's basically what this film is. It's Taken with a bit of a Chinese Hong Kong take to it, and if you guys know what I mean. I have to say, this is one of the best action films out of Asia I've seen in a long while, and I don't even have anything to nitpick about this, to be honest. I'm giving this a 9 out of 10. That's two week, two shows in a row. I've had a, a nine, uh, very, very strange for me, but this was so enjoyable a film. You know, I tell you, if you dream for the days of the old, you know, with John Wu and Ringo Lamb and those Hong Kong action years of the 90s, check this out. You will love it. This is fantastic, fantastic uh, popcorn munching fun. All right, our next film, 
The Big Call, 2017, out of China, directed by Aksai Pang. Uh, now, Aksai Pang is one of the famous Pang brothers. Uh, you might know the Pang brothers. They did uh, the, the, defect, the Detective 1 and 2, The Eye. Oh, no, actually, Detective 1 and 2 is by Aksai Pang. The Pang brothers did the famous horror film, The Eye. Uh, they did Bangkok Dangerous. So, you know, you might know Oxai as part of the team of his brother, or, you know, if you know on his own, he did do the Detective 1 and 2. It's starring Chenny Chen. Um, gotta admit, not an actor I was familiar with. Uh, he plays Ding Zhaoxian. Uh, he was in a film called Tiny Times. I really don't know much about him. Haven't seen him before. Uh, Joseph Chang, who I have seen before, who plays Lin Yahai, uh, who was in he was just tremendous in the movie Soul. Uh, he was in Wild City. Uh, Joseph Chang, definitely an actor I feel uh, doesn't get the credit he deserves. Also starring uh, Guai Yilun Mai, who plays Lu Lefang. She was amazing. I believe she's a Taiwan actress, if I'm not mistaken. She was fantastic in this film. You might know her from The Stool Pigeon or Flying Swords Dragon Gate, Jet Li film. And also starring Jang. Meng Ji, uh, who plays undercover agent Zhu Zhaotu. Mostly known for TV roles, uh, she was in the film Swordmaster. Uh, you know, about a lot of extras and heavies in it, but it's basically these four. And our tagline for this film, You and Your Money, has been disconnected. So, a special task force is trying to catch the most notorious phone scam syndicate in Asia. So, Let's get a little backstory here. You know, if you have certain cell phone providers, you might see a call come through uh, where the caller ID says scam like uh, I have that on my phone. And in fact, I'm sure almost everyone listening has received some sort of bogus call that is trying to get money or information from you. You know, some may be even taken by these no good, you know, sons of bitches. Uh, uh, you think it's bad here, though? In Asia, this is running rampant on such a level you would hardly believe. So this is a very topical film on a very current situation. Unfortunately, that didn't make it great. Um, look, I'm not saying this is bad per se. Uh, Joseph Chang and Guai Lun Mai are great as our antagonists. But somewhere, I just found myself losing interest as it got further away. Um, there are some tense moments and an insane final chase scene that was... I feel obviously a little overdone just to try to engage the audience that was probably like me looking at their watches midway. And it was a pretty sick action sequence. I think this film tried its best and it wasn't a total failure. In fact, I might even say this overachieved on an entertainment level. But the subject matter was a difficult one to really get behind for me. Um, a lot of technical jargon that went over at least half the audience for sure and wasn't needed. Um, sometimes I feel Films try to be, especially in Asia lately, try to be a little too technical um, when it's not necessary. Uh, you don't want to talk over your audience. And I'm not saying that anybody that's seen this film is not intelligent or anybody that you can't follow the story. I just don't think adding all this technical nonsense lent anything to this. You know, as I said, uh, the bad guys, the bad couple, they were great. Uh, but our protagonists... Just didn't have the same flair. Um, they tried by making Chenny Chen's character this young brash cop, and uh, of course, it's his ex-girlfriend now undercover agent 
who's in uh, danger and she's playing a sassy bad girl. But you really never believed either of them in their roles. Um, at least I didn't. Uh, maybe they should have cast some real life phone scammers because those people are great actors. But again, I'm not taking shots at Chenny Chen. Um, again, I just didn't buy him in this role. Zhang Mei, also the same thing. Like, seems okay. Just maybe they were just outshined because, I mean, the other two, Joseph Chang and Guilan Mai, they were fantastic. There are a lot of great crime thrillers out there. And there are a lot that are just carbon copies. So, what we have here, this is original content. And Guilan Mai's performance, maybe enough to carry this film on her own. But with all the great films I've seen in this genre, these thrillers, what have you, crime thrillers, I've seen this done so much better. I just think this is one you could skip. Um, it's not bad. Like I said, not bad, but I've seen a lot better. I give this a 5 out of 5 out of 10. Okay. Our next film, The Age of Blood, 2017, South Korea. Directed by Kim Hong Sun. This is his feature film debut. Uh, it's starring Jung Hyun, who plays Kim Ho. Uh, he was a subject called The King's Case Note, which I didn't see, to be honest. Kim Ji Hoon, who plays Lee In Dwa, who's a TV actor that I'm not familiar with. Uh, jo Jae-yun, who plays Domin Chul, and he was in Inside Men, Prison, Outlaws. He's been in some good films. And Lee Won Jung as Man Suk, who uh, was in Operation Chromite, and he was in High Dharma 1 and 2. And our tagline for this film, Murder and betrayal are as old as time. So, what we have here is a former Imperial Guard, now demoted to a prison guard, must protect the king from a coup. So, in recent years, Korea's really gone into the period pieces, even more so than China, uh, which is what really made them the biggest film industry in Asia at one point. And while Korea's excelled at many of these, when it came to martial arts-based ones, they always seemed to fall just short. Well, here they reached newer heights, but still just missing hitting that apex, if you know what I mean. But this was a much better attempt at it. Uh, they seemed to focus more on the action, less on character and storytelling. And that balance is getting better, but it's still not fully corrected. They haven't mastered that balance between character and storytelling and action, but I felt this one was close. It's really is a darn good effort by a, uh, a director in his feature debut, uh, losing a lot of lesser-known names in the film industry as well. And you wonder what could have been. Um, you know, maybe if we had a more mainstream cast or this was given to a more seasoned director. This could have been maybe a lot better. But now, while I did enjoy the fight scenes immensely, especially since our hero must fight swordsmen, uh, these like, crazy killers with just a billy club. But this story has a few holes, and even worse is outside of Mansuk, who uh, plays the uncle and name only of our hero, we never really care for anyone. And that may be because we never get the full outlines of characters' motivations. Uh, even at the end, when alliances are switching at such a rapid pace, we're left, you know, to think, um, you know, wait, well, Who's what? What? So you get to the point, at least I did, where I threw my hands up and was like, screw this. Everybody should just die. Kill everybody. Because, you know, you're not 
who's good, who's bad. It's very, the lines are very blurred here. I definitely think that Jung Hai In has a lot of promise. And I look forward to seeing more of him. But the rest were just there. Um, they weren't evil enough to hate, but not likable either. Uh, even the king, who Kim Ho is protecting, has a very murky backstory. With just the thought that maybe he should have been taken out. Now, this type of storytelling can work sometimes, but it just didn't here. I really feel it's just I didn't feel a connection with the characters. I saw the man Sook, who I really did like. I just never felt that connection with the characters here. And I, I think that's where this film falls short. What does help this film, though, and what it uh, you know really leans on is the great martial arts. Now, there is some CGI with blood and stuff that felt grossly out of place. But that aside, I really did enjoy this film when it was just minus violence a lot more than when the story was being advanced. So, what we have here is a fun martial arts flick that has a relatively disjointed plot and story, but is helped by a great lead performance. And in that, this does kind of harken back to the golden years of martial arts films. But in today's era, and especially from South Korea, I expected a little more. Again, if you just want some fun, you know, martial arts stuff, um, definitely, you know, give this a watch. Although that's a paradox that we viewed earlier. I would put way ahead of this. But, you know, this is an okay watch. Um, not something I'm sure I would want to watch again or that soon. But it's not something I would, like, you know, put in my never see pile again. I give it a 6 out of 10. Okay, and our next film. Neo Manila, 2017 out of the Philippines. Now, this is directed by Mikhail Red. And if you remember, we uh, reviewed one of his films from last year's festival called Birdshot, which uh, was a film that uh, a lot of people split on. I was on the favorable side of that split. Some of us were not. And he also did a film called Recorder, which I'd like to see. And it's starring a really fantastic young actor by the name of Timothy Castillo, who plays Toto. It's funny, I just keep wanting to get up, come across him and a lot of stuff. Um, I saw him in Violator, the horror film that I reviewed last year. He was in Crossroads uh, 1 2 Jaga, which we will be reviewing probably next show. And a film called Cap, also starring Eula Valdez, who plays Irma. Mostly a TV actress, he was in a film called Sparks. And Rocky Salambitas, who plays Raul, uh, he was in a film called Lily. He was in a film called Tarima. He was in a film that we mentioned last show um, called Immortal that was directed by director Richard Soames, uh, which was like about vampires and stuff. And he was in that. And our tagline for this film is, On these streets, your life is chosen for you. So what's this about? A young man who has lost everything he holds dear is befriended by a contract killer. Now, as I said, I reviewed Birdshot last year, and after seeing this here, there's definitely a different, definitive style of filmmaking from Mikhail Red. Uh, one thing that stands out is how he leads you to thinking the story's headed one way, and then will pull the rug out from under. Almost as if he lulls you to sleep before setting off an M80 behind you. But once again, I can see critics of this film once again taking issue with his pacing. Um, there was a lot of issues. Uh, the critics had the pacing and birdshot, and I could see this was a, another slow, almost plotting at time script. But what you do get 
although you don't know it at the time, are a lot of, you know, I guess, Easter eggs that will hatch later on in the story. And I can appreciate that type of storytelling. And while I think this was better in some respects than Birdshot, it also was in other areas. Mikhail seems to really like to put young actors in the spotlight, as he does here, uh, you know, with Timothy Castillo, who, you know, like I said before, one of the highlights of this film is, is his performance. Um, his facial expressions tell a story all their own. He has very limited dialogue in this, but it truly works. Um, he is really an actor you guys need to keep an eye on. But what was really interesting was Yula Valdez's character of Irma. And we know she's a killer early on. But what we learn is she's being contracted to kill drug pushers by someone known only as the general. So, is she really a killer or vigilante? And why has she become so willing to be involved in young Toto's situation? And this plot is what drives the story, but at times doesn't seem to advance quickly enough. And, you know, as you can imagine, young Toto is then groomed to become an assassin as well. But what comes next will shock you, and I promise you that. Not much in the way of action sequences. I mean, yes, people are murdered, uh, but it's usually people who are just kind of taken out with ease. Um, what this is, much like Birdshot, is a slow-cooked meal that will satiate you but you probably aren't looking for seconds. So, still, much like Birdshot, I enjoyed this. It's a different type of style of filmmaking I, I see from Mikhail Red. It may not be for everyone, but it's something that um, I could watch. And I, I would check out his next film, or whatever it is. He interests me enough. He doesn't wow me, Mikhail Red, but he interests me. He's a young director, and I feel he can only get better. His style. You know, the cinematography and the stylized way he films. It's something that really resonates with me. So while this wasn't a great film, it's a good enough film that will make me continue to want to see stuff from Mr. Ray. But I give this also, like the last film, 6 out of 10. Alright, we have one more film to go, people. And it is The Scythian Lamb 2017 out of Japan. Directed by Daiichi Yoshida. Uh, who uh, directed Pale Moon, very popular film, the uh, Kirishima thing. Uh, it's starring Ryo Nishikiro, Nishikiro uh, who plays Hajime Tsukisu. He was in the film Boy and Samurai. He was also uh, in the Eight Rangers movies. He was the Yellow Ranger. Also starring Ruhai Matsuda, who plays Ichiro Miyakoshi. Uh, he was in The Raid 2. He was in The Great Passage. He was in the film Before We Vanish, which I'll be reviewing on here soon. Also, Fumino Kimura, who plays Aya. Uh, he was in Guardians of the Spirit, a lot of TV stuff. And Min Tanaka, who plays Ono. He's been in so many uh, samurai films. Twilight Samurai, Hidden Blade, uh, the remake of 47 Ronin, Blade of the Immortal. Min Tanaka, uh, very uh, seasoned and well-known actor in Japan. And so our tagline for this film is, Who are the people in your neighborhood? <laughs> All apologies to Mr. Rogers. So what's this about? Well, a dwindling seaside town decides to secretly bring in six convicted murderers who are all paroled in order to stimulate the population. But when a dead body is discovered, one official is worried that one or more of them have returned 
to their former ways. And that synopsis really doesn't give this justice. This is a delightful black comedy that turns into a thriller about three quarters of the way through. Cleverly written manga, which really almost all Japan movies seem to be derived from these days. But it's one thing to write great characters on paper. It's another to have them work so well on screen. Each character in this film, not just the six uh, murderers, but every character in this film has this very quirky and mysterious uh, thing to them, which is enough that you're involved in everyone's stories. Now, some of the characters I felt were underutilized, but that's to be expected when looking to put in what was probably better suited for a TV series into a two-hour film. I really did enjoy the acting here, most notably uh, Ruhai Matsuda, who uh, is one of the new residents that, while hopelessly awkward, is the one who seems the most hopeful for this new chance at life. And despite his reservations, our protagonist, Hajime, can't help to befriend him and strike a very kooky but fun uh, friendship with him. The rest of the six are equally good in different ways, uh, but were not as engaging to me. The backdrop of all of this is this festival where they honor, not Asian films, <laughs> but where they honor this monster of the deep who is supposedly so evil you cannot look upon his visage during his annual walk through the town. Uh, you know, stuff like this always works for me. These small town traditions, which most of us would, you know, scoff and snicker at, are lifeblood to many rural places, or, you know, all around the world. There are some thrills at the end of this. Um, there are more than a few chuckles throughout the film. And there's some heartfelt stuff, too. Uh, this is just a thoroughly enjoyable watch. Um, not a groundbreaking film or even an instant classic. But I find it hard to think anyone would be disappointed when the credits roll. Um, part comedy, part mystery, part thriller, all fun. I definitely recommend this film, and I give it a 7 uh, out of 10. And that's our show. And, you know, I am going to return next week uh, with another five films in New York Asian Film Festival, including uh, two outstanding thrillers, Liverleaf and The Looming Storm, among other stuff. And, you know, like I said, if you're in the New York area, Japan Cuts has just begun a couple days ago. It's going on for, I think, a couple weeks. Uh, check that out at Japan Society. Go to, uh, let's look for Japan Cuts 2018. Let's Google it. Get all the information on the films. I'm going to a couple of films. Uh, check it out if you're in the New York area. Uh, that's fun. And also, um, just to let you know, there's a lot of stuff coming up uh, in the New York area and I guess in other big cities as well. There, for a while that we saw a lot of Asian films getting major releases, um, you know, such as The Wailing and Trains of the Sun. And there's some other ones that are also going to get, well, not 